0: I'm very tunnel vision. I'm very, admittedly, I'm very tunnel vision right now. I am so focused in on the Ravens. I am not giving the Steelers, and and listen, I respect the Steelers. Don't get that mistaken. I know they're a good team. I'm just, I'm doing the one game at a time thing because I think this Baltimore, if it was reversed, maybe we could have that conversation. And I know, listen, Ashley's right. I mean, these next two games could mean the season for the Browns. That's how important this next two-game stretch is. But I just think Baltimore's so good right now, and I hate to say it. I really do. I, I, I'm so shocked that they're as good as they are. They are the best team in football for my money right now. Offensively, defensively, both top eight in scoring defense. Number one scoring defense in the entire NFL. They're just, they're clicking. They're clicking. And I, I hate saying it, but they are blowing teams up offensively in a way that I didn't know was possible with them. I mean, they they absolutely dog walked the Lions a couple weeks ago. wasn't even close. wasn't even a game. And then you saw what happened this last weekend. They're six and a half point favorites against a Seattle team that we we just played hard the previous weekend. wasn't even a competition. They treated the Seahawks the same way we treated the Cardinals. That's not supposed to happen. And, and Seattle had no answer. Zero answer. Incredible. Uh, so I hate to. I hate to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I just I'm trying to focus in on this week because if we if we beat the Ravens, I really do believe this guy is the limit. I believe if we beat Baltimore, I know I I told you guys all summer long, uh, beat one of Cincinnati or San Francisco, and we can start with our you know puffing our chest out and we can feel really good about ourselves. Turns out we beat both of those teams, but Joe Burrow was looking like Hector Salamanca, so that's not entirely fair. And the the 49ers game wasn't with Deshaun Watson. So as far as Deshaun Watson is concerned, I don't know that he's got the big time win yet. This would be the big time win. 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-92. Ben up next on the fan. Well Ben, thanks for waiting patiently. Hi. Um so I want to bring reference to a game in 2020. So the Browns played the Ravens. I think it was on Monday Night Football and that game was like a shootout It was like 47-42. We lost that game, but we showed that we can compete with the Ravens mm-hmm. and everyone came out looking like the Browns is a very good team. I think if the same thing happens here, then we're good, because the Ravens, yeah, they look insane. And we don't really know where we're standing right now. We beat some good teams, lost some decent teams. We're not sure. I think that if the Browns are going to win, it's going to be amazing. and am walking to the meet have a great game. But I think if the Browns keep it close and they win the Steelers, which they should, I think that's a win. All right, thank you, Ben. Good call. Solid call right there. I, I, you know what's amazing? the Ravens haven't played too many games like what Ben was describing this year. We can go back to other games. I remember that game vividly. The one in 2020. I remember that one. That was a, Oh boy, was that a game? But, we brought up the Lions. That was 38 to 6. The Seahawks was 37 to 3. The Texans was 25 to 9. We, in the first matchup we had, was 28 to 3. That was the DTR game. Yes, that game was entirely unfair, but that was the DTR game. They haven't played too many games really close. When they beat teams, they've beaten teams. It's been a drumming for the most part. And so it's a, I guess there is something to the idea that if we're able to play them tight, able to play them close, we could end up feeling like, all right, we're right there. And then if you beat the Steelers, there could be optimism after a one-on-one stretch. I can buy into that. I can. We're five-and-a-half-point dogs right now. Vegas doesn't believe that we're supposed to be in a close game against Baltimore. They believe that we're supposed to get beat by Baltimore. Five-and-a-half points is not kind. Okay, it's not, it's not, it's not good. Uh, for, for some context, the Browns and Cardinals game opened up last week before we found out who was actually the quarterback on either side. Eight-point game. You know, I, I was kind of close. 49ers and the Browns opened as an eight-point game. Well, no, it opened way, way, way lower than that, and then you had the Deshaun Watson news. I think it opened as a two-point game. And then, But by the time I bet it on Thursday, when we didn't know when we were figuring out Deshaun wasn't going to be able to play, I got it at eight points. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. It's fascinating to me, though it really is, and what this game means and what this game could be for the Browns. Jake up next. Hello, Jake. Yo, Jake.
1: Hey.
0: All right, Jake. Jake, I'm gonna let you go there. Terry up next. Hello, Terry. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Terry? First of all, this is the time.
2: If you want to establish yourself as a power in the NFL. To be the man, you got to beat the man, mm-hmm. and that's just simple as that. They got to beat the Ravens, and they got to beat the Steelers. Going to to the eleventh uh, uh, week or twelfth week, seven and three.
0: Seven and three? Seven and seven. Yeah,
2: because they win two games, it'd be seven
0: and three. We go seven and three, and and Terry, I mean, uh, we go seven and three to open up, and the, the sky's the limit. Like that's it. Like that's. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll help. I'm not gonna get carried away. I almost said something was gonna get carried away, Terry. You got to stop me on these things, Terry. You gotta, you gotta help reel me back
2: in here, Terry. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is the thing. They got, they got to start establishing an identity, and yeah. the defense especially. And then you look at the Ravens. The first game, I mean, just like we say in oil, oh, it was the Cardinals rookie quarterback, and the Cardinals have played everybody pretty tough, to be honest. Yeah. they play, like they beat the Cowboys. They, they didn't play the Ravens all that tough, and they didn't play us all that tough. But everybody else. Even though they lost, they were in the game they, in the third had a lot, It was a
0: lot of one-score games, for sure.
2: Right. So, so, so I'm not discounting that as, as what the Browns did to them. No, we also but only played. Also, we played
0: Clayton Tune, who's going to be selling insurance next year to you, Terry. Right.
2: But, but we also played DTR in his first game two out, learning two hours beforehand. Very fair. The Ravens took advantage of that. Very and that, fair. And they're supposed to. Very fair. They're supposed to. So. So now it's time for us to to step up. We got to get Cedric Tillman to step up. David Bell, if he plays, we got to get him to step up. You know the defense definitely has to step up and and uh, watch that run that zone. What they did was run uh, a zone a run scheme on them, and that's how they got got those guys open like that. Yeah. You know, so we just got to we just got to step up and play. Everybody
0: got to step up and say this is the playoff. I'm going to need Terry. You bring up a great point though, and I appreciate you. I'm going to need I'm going to need some wide receivers uh, calling all wide receivers to the stage. If you're not named Amari Cooper, I'm going to need you because I don't know where the hell everyone's been. Elijah Moore, did you look at the box score? What Elijah Moore finished with like 14 14 yards on two catches against the Cardinals. I'm going to need some wide receivers to step up in a big way. I'm glad Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson got that connection down. I knew they would. Amari's pencil him in, sharpie him in for 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns every year. He's done it with four different quarterbacks. The man knows how to get open. He knows how to get yards. He's just a solid football player top to bottom. I need other players to enter the equation. I, I, I please. Mark Ross on the NFL Network, uh, he was on Afternoon Drive. He, he's a two-time Super Bowl champ, former, uh, you know, VP player of Al Guy. He's been 20 years scouting director with the Eagles and the Bills as well. He was on Afternoon Drive. This is what he had to say about Deshaun Watson.
1: The Arizona game was sort of playing against the freshman team. The you know the tank fest they got going on there, so that doesn't really count. But you gotta give him credit for that. And unfortunately, I keep waiting. And look, at his prime, I thought Deshaun Watson, top five quarterback, of course. But every time I watch him, you keep waiting to see, and then he just kind of does stuff where you're like, you know, rolls out, okay there's that Deshaun, and he throws an interception right to a guy right in front, or you know, okay, he's moving in the pocket, doesn't feel something behind so it's just, I keep waiting to see that and it's just not there, I haven't seen it, of course this week is going to be the truest test possible to see where he is against that defense, who's the best player better than anybody in the league, and all the different looks they bring, and all the talent that they have, so yeah, this will be it right here for him to show what he's really made of, and if he can step up and finally Break through, but up to this point, and you keep waiting. You keep trying to see flashes, and it just doesn't seem to be clicking for him.
0: Ooh, all right, two one six four 216-474-0092 I don't know that that's fair to say it's not clicking for him. More on what Mark had to say, but I want to hear from you guys. Is Deshaun back in your eyes, or is Mark right? Is Mark saying you got to see more? You got to figure out more with Deshaun and how important this Baltimore game is as a test for Deshaun Watson 216474 0092 that and more Daryl Ryder at 920 fan focus at 9 it's overtime with Jonathan Betton here with you on the fan Hey guys, here's the stories behind the scenes before the big games coming up against Baltimore and Pittsburgh from Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin. Subscribe to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland at 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app sponsored locally by Smiley, One and Bryant. Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution to get two episodes each week plus the special post game edition. Daryl Ryder will join us coming up at 920. We got the fan focus at nine o'clock. I'm going to play a couple more clips from you guys from Mark Ross. Mark Ross talking about Deshaun Watson, Mark on afternoon drive. He's won two Super Bowls. He was 20 year scout. Basically, if anybody in life knows what they're talking about when it comes to quarterbacks, when it comes to uh, uh, being able to scout players and figure out whether or not they're good or not, Mark Ross probably be close to the top of the list on that next to like hiring Kurt Warner or someone like that. Like Mark Ross is right there. And. I hate to just be little old me talking about how I think Deshaun Watson looked pretty good, and I like the two throws that he made, the two big time throws. Hell, I can I can go a little bit further. If Marquise Goodwin was a better pass receiving uh, threat than I mean, he's a speedster. Don't get that mistaken, but his hands aren't the greatest. He should have had three big time plays. Like he put Goodwin, there's a couple good balls he put on Goodwin there. That I I, I don't I don't need to relitigate that. But if he was dealing with more wide receiver talent, if he had more wide receiver talent, oh, I don't, I don't even want to dream up what he could have done this week. And I think Deshaun Watson w- would have looked awesome. I really do. It's funny, I was getting some tweets in between and Twitter reactions brought to you by Shop and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I was getting some tweets in between and, and you know, right around the third quarter, people starting to question where Deshaun was in this game and where the confidence was with Deshaun and they're bringing back some of the some of the arguments that I was making over the summer about how give him time, all these other type of things. And then just like clockwork, all of a sudden he started hitting some deep shots and, and I'm going to play a couple clips for you guys from Mark, but before I do, I'm going to tell you why I think there's been a big change with Deshaun Watson in last week and really in the previous two ge- two games that we saw him play in full. The Titans game, and then obviously the Cardinals game, why I think they were the very best games we've ever seen him play. I think it's simple. I don't think this is hard. One of the arguments I made in the offseason, anytime I would do a radio hit, and I made it often with you guys here on this show as well, but anytime I would do a radio hit, and and you got nuts and bolts. You got to be quick on those things, right? You get 15 minutes total. Uh, Sometimes, you know, it's more closer to like 10 to 12 minutes, and they really, they just want to hear – your greatest hits album for what you've been working on all summer long. Right. It's kind of like when a a comedian has like a 10 minute set and then they, or it's going to be longer than that, but like they're working on a bunch of, a bunch of different sets that are going to be a half hour long for a special. They're going to put up on YouTube or Netflix or something. And they just got to dwindle it down and they got to go from, uh, you know, an hour and a half and two hours and get it down to a half hour. And they just got to constantly be hitting the jokes per minute. It's kind of like that with this. I'm like, I have five hours a night. 25 hours a week in the summer, and I got to condense it down to about 10 to 12 minutes of my, my greatest hits for these other, uh, other stations, right? And one of the ones I really latched on to this offseason was the idea for why I thought Deshaun was not good in the six games that we saw him last year, and it was not football-related reasons. You know, like, like uh, Herm Edwards says he was cheating the grass, and I'm like, well, wait a second. Maybe that's true. Or maybe when he was on the grass, it was on a minor league baseball field throwing to D3 receivers, and it's really tough to get up to speed when that's the case. No disrespect to D3 receivers. They're good, too. It's fine. The point is, though, I think mentally Deshaun Watson hit something differently, and I think that was a very good thing. That was the Titans game, and that was this last game against the Cardinals, and that's why it is important that he got that quote-unquote warm-up game. But mentally, I think is the biggest thing. Mentally. Where last year, Deshaun Watson genuinely didn't know when he was approaching the season, if he was even going to play at any point during the season. And he also didn't know if he was going to be wearing orange and brown or uh, prison-colored orange. And he was going to be doing the Adam Sandler movies, right? Like, I mean, my goodness. The idea that Deshaun Watson got to play out the beginning portion of this season and then got to watch the fans be behind him, and then got to watch as really we all shifted and moved away from the allegations and put ourselves just to on the field of play, I think that was so huge for him mentally. So huge. Because I, I don't know how anybody can do their job when they're worried about all the things that Deshaun Watson had to deal with. Bigger than football things that he had to deal with and had to go through and had to try to uh, find his way out of. That's, that was so tough. That had to be so tough to try to uh, maneuver your way through. And then, oh, by the way, you're you're starting quarterback for the Browns next week. It just seems impossible. I I know. It's just, you know, mentally. I just don't know how you can get away with that. But now I feel like he's at a point. And I thought there was something important that happened on the sidelines. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. There's video going around. It uh, It was Kareem Hunt and David Njoku. And David Njoku holds up Kareem Hunt's hand, and everyone goes crazy. The crowd goes wild, right? And then Kareem Hunt holds up David Njoku's hand, and the crowd goes wild. It's like, ah, yeah, our guys are so great, right? And then Deshaun Watson, like David Njoku calls over. He's like, number four, get over here. And then Deshaun Watson comes over, and they both hold up Deshaun Watson's hands as if he just won the Super Bowl himself. And the crowd goes wild. And they lose it, and they love it. And you can see Deshaun smile. And you can see Deshaun understand, like, oh, oh, they like me. They, okay, great. They, they, they just care if I play good football. That's all they care about. That was a big moment, I thought. But little things like that that just add up. And then he goes to the Cavs game. Same type of thing. It wasn't a bunch of booze. It was a bunch of like, hey, look, Deshaun's here. How cool is that? And these are the things I think that are important to him moving forward from a mental standpoint. Understanding that he's not this big-time villain that he's always been made out to be. And maybe in your eyes he still is. But publicly, when he goes out and about, he's not getting the booze. It's, it's in his rearview mirror in a lot of ways. And you might think he's a villain. I'm not asking you to invite him over to your house. I'm just saying uh, watch him play football. And from a football perspective, when he plays well, he's seeing the fan base responds in a positive way. But I the, the smile he gave off of that, I, I think he I think when he got called over, I think he was worried. I, I don't know that he knew what that reaction was going to be from the fan base. Bunch of applause. All right. Now, I, I, that was some of the good. Mark Ross with more of what he believes is some of the bad. Again, 20-year scout, two Super Bowls to his name. This is what he does. Mark Ross.
1: No, <laughs> no, because you know when you look at other quarterbacks, and uh, you, you talk about the rust, but you know other guys just jump in. I mean, Josh Dobbs. I mean, you look at the Josh Dobbs, a guy didn't practice, doesn't play, you know, doesn't have have, uh, and he showed more flashes in one game. I know he's played this year, but just jumping in there doing that, and without nearly the pedigree that Deshaun Watson has had, so you have to look at the totality of okay, how long do we have to wait for this guy to say okay, he's rusty and he's working his way back, and then accept the fact that this just might be who he is is now this might be the new normal whatever that is whatever happened to him mentally physically this is just him so you keep putting games after games like this It's just like well you know what it's not going to turn around and this is not going to change unfortunately
0: Yeah, i just refuse to accept that's what this is i refuse to accept that's the reality i don't believe it is at all i don't know how you can call it that this quickly as well to below 92 wayne up next hello wayne
1: Hey, Mr. JP from the South Side. What's happening? <laughs> What's up, Wayne? <laughs> you fine? Uh, yeah, I just wanna bring I wanna bring uh, to you guys attention um about um you know the Baltimore course coats. The Baltimore the Baltimore Colts beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. <laughs> you know that, don't you? What are you talking about? <laughs> <Wait, laughs> Mainly Indianapolis coats, man. Didn't they beat Baltimore?
0: Oh, the Colts! The Colts! I got you. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm no, sorry. They used to
1: beat. They used to beat Baltimore. I'm yeah. No. 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 Yeah. That was
0: uh, before high def television existed. That was what uh, the Johnny United yeah, right, days, right? right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they—they um, they beat. They did. It was uh, a last second. It
0: was a last second field goal, if I remember correctly.
1: Right. 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 So you know, that's all the Browns have to do. You know, read some. You know, look at some of that that footage. You know, and, um something else I was going to say. Yeah. Um. If they can, um, the pass game, just shut the pass game down. You're going to have to just stay at home, man, and try to play Lamar, you know, on the running backs. You know, I think they could be successful. It's going
0: to be tough. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate you as always, man. Thank you. Take care, Doc. Yep. All right, you too. All right. Uh, That's a tough thing is that, you know, Baltimore's run game, they put up 300 yards last week against Seattle. Where did that come from? Boy, they had not. They hadn't hit the 200 mark all season long. They they tried to turn themselves into this big passing game team. They go for nearly 300, 298 on the ground this past weekend against Seattle. I mean, they can just they can beat you a multitude of ways. All right, we got a big nine o'clock hour. Okay, Daryl Ryder at 9:20 for more on the Browns offense. Uh, coming back in the fan focus, Nick Wilson said this in the national media or or the national analysis because it's not even media. The national analysis it is extremes. And it is one sided extreme. All right. Find out what he thinks is a one-sided extreme and how he and Dustin defend it. We come on back. It's overtime with Jonathan Pino and here with you on the fan.